This is Daniel Fagella, Head of Research at Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research, and you're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. This week, we're talking about the industry of collections. When it comes to building AI products, we talk to venture capitalists, we talk to folks in giant organizations like Citibank, HSBC, Raytheon, uh, we talk to startup founders. AI companies that are ambitious are trying to attack big problems. And as of 2020, the estimated personal debt of U.S. households was something like $14.5 trillion. So if we want to define a big problem, collections is certainly one of them. And there's a lot of industries where this is relevant, from utilities to healthcare to credit cards and beyond. Uh, collections is a serious operation for many businesses. And it's also a place where AI might be able to add some value. Our guest this week is Sanjay Deshmukh. He is the Executive Vice President of Findability Sciences. Findability is a SoftBank-backed firm here in the Boston area with about 100 employees around the world. Uh, Sanjay was previously working with Citibank and with Oracle. He wrapped up his career at Oracle as the General Manager for Japan of Oracle Financial Services Software. So this is someone who's spent some time in the financial domain. And he dives in this week about how findability is applying artificial intelligence in the world of collections. He talks about personalization of messaging. He talks about optimizing the use of call center agents. He talks about categorization. How do we categorize different potential debtors so that we know who to follow up with and how to follow up with them? There's a lot of analogies here in these use cases for other industries. If you're marketing and selling, if you're using uh, call center agents for other kinds of sales enablement or customer service tasks, the, the kinds of prioritization, ranking, and optimization that we talk about for collections here today should open up a lot of ideas in your mind about how AI could optimize other processes. So I really like the transferability of this interview, and that really is what we try to do on the show, is crack open real use cases and show how people in any sector can open their minds and potentially advance their businesses uh, with better AI ideas and use cases. So Sanjay really delivered there. And if you're a listener here, but not yet a subscriber on Emerge.com, you can download our free PDF brief called the AI and Financial Services Cheat Sheet at emerj.com slash fin1. That's fin like financial, and then the number one, emerj.com slash fin1, and download our AI and Financial Services Cheat Sheet. That'll give you not only some terminology to make sense of where AI is making a dent in financial services, but it'll also give you a broader breadth of use cases in a very condensed format to help you understand where you can find opportunity in your business. So hopefully that'll add some value to this episode. This episode is sponsored by Findability Sciences. Without further ado, this is Sanjay with Findability here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Sanjay, I know today we're diving into the topic of collections. Uh, this is something that is relevant in so many industries. And before we get into use cases, I think it's important to talk about just how big of a problem this is, particularly in America, as well as how this field is changing. You guys are applying AI to collections. Talk to us about why this problem is worth working on in terms of magnitude, and also you know, how, how the industry itself is kind of shifting today. I think it's a very big problem to attend to uh, because the size of the debt is growing. This healthcare alone, as per the New York Times in article published last month, the healthcare debt is of the size of $140 billion, which is in collections. So that's not in regular debt yet, it's already in collections. And that is growing at the rate of 14% in the last uh, five years. And the healthcare debt constitutes just about 20 or 30% of the debt in collections. Uh, so there is, of course, the financial debt. 
So overall size of the debt, which is in collections, is more than 250, 300 billion dollars. So it's a very large problem for the industry to solve. And AI has uh, huge applications to really up, to improve the yields and improve the performance and improve the customer experience in this entire process. So that's very important. Number two is COVID has been you know uh, impacting in different ways depending on what sector of the industry you are in. And there is also the regulatory and the compliance landscape has been changing lately. So this has become a big and relevant problem today to solve. Got it. And and you also mentioned, you know, some of what's going on when we were off microphone. You talked about kind of a New York Times article that particularly covered, you know, some of the the magnitude of what this problem actually looks like now. You know, when when people think about this collections issue, I think they know, like, oh well, yeah, surely there must be a lot of companies that need to get paid, but they might not realize in terms of how many American households this impacts and you know how many billions of dollars are really at, at stake here. How do you like to explain to people? you know, how large this actual business problem is? I think if you look at it at uh, individual level, the per capita debt, uh, just the healthcare debt, uh, ranges anywhere between $150 to going up to $600, $700 for the uh, low-income households. And almost uh, 18% of uh, the American households have healthcare debt, which is in collections, which is in arrears or which is overdue. So that's a pretty significant uh, problem at an individual level as well. And for the collection industry, there are almost seven thousand companies which are operating in this space, and they earn their revenues are in the range of fourteen billion dollars a year. So that can give you an idea of the size of of this entire uh, industry as well as how big the issue is. Yeah, and I can imagine many people. Certainly, the stimulus has helped, but many people's financial circumstances have not exactly been bettered by the COVID scenario that we're all dealing with. Particularly, folks, you know, working for smaller businesses or running smaller businesses. So, I can imagine that's putting some strain on collections too. And when it comes to Sanjay, where AI actually makes a fit here, as you mentioned, it has the potential to improve revenue, potentially improve the customer's experience. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a pleasant experience maybe in the first place, but there's probably ways to make it a little bit friendlier. I know that you folks think about how AI can be applied to collections across kind of three strata here with personalization, optimization, and categorization. Can you walk us through those three with maybe some examples about where AI starts to fit into this gigantic financial problem to, to start to add some value for users and businesses? Yeah, uh, Dagny touched on those three important uh, aspects of uh, you know how AI can help in, in debt collections, which is personalization. Uh, personalization is uh, really about you know individualization. So really figuring out at an individual level what what is the propensity to pay. So that's where the propensity score comes into play, and that's very important. And that is completely individualized based on person's payment history. And how he has responded to attempt to contact, and what is the size of his debt, and what has been his overall behavior, his credit scores, etc. And every individual is unique in that respect, and the AI is able to assign a score which is unique to every individual. And based on that, then the strategies as to how many, what kind of attempts to contact, how to engage that customer, how to personalize the message to that customer. becomes relevant and that's where uh, uh, ai comes into play 
to help design those strategies which are which are personalized for improved elections and it, it seems like and sanjay i'm going to have you kind of help help us understand this one of the things we like to do on the show is make our use cases so so easy to grasp that users can kind of imagine in their mind what data is being used and what impact is being brought out the other end. And, and this is a really important instance here in terms of personalization, so I, I want to make it tangible. It feels to me that personalization, ha- and tell me if I'm wrong, please tell me if I'm wrong here, but uh, it feels like personalization has to tie to categorization. And the reason I say that is because it feels very difficult for me to, to have an AI custom craft some special message for, you know, Susan McGillicuddy over here. It feels like the way we customize is based on her demographic. The way we customize is based on her ability to pay. The way we customize is based on the kind of email subject lines maybe people like her have opened up in the past. When I think personalization, I think on some level, we have to personalize them based on what category they are, but but you let me know if that's actually not necessarily the case. I, I really want to put a bounding box around how personalization happens here. Yeah, personalization is really, uh, you know, based on propensity scores, and those, of course, have to be combined with the rest of the demographic uh, features that you talked about uh, as well, uh, as well as, you know, preferences in terms of uh, communication, uh, what day of the week or what time of the day or uh, what what hour of the day there is preference to be contacted so there is this data which when combined with propensity scores really makes it uh, more uh, personalized and yes you may not have uh, personalization it may not be economical to do it at every individual level so that's where the categorization comes into play to put then uh, put a group of uh, customers who are similar in terms of various uh, parameters, basically by the amount of debt that they have, what's the aging of their debt, what's the propensity score, and their demographics, and making them into clusters or cohorts which are similar. And that's where then the categorization comes into play. And uh, the third is, of course, the optimi- optimization, where how best to use the capacity that the debt collection agency is having to spread that over these different categories of uh, debtors to collect, you know, spend the right amount of time, number of contacts, user calling capacity more effectively for, for best use of the resources that are available. Got it. And we'll get into optimization in just a minute, too, because I know this is a really important part of the mix here. But... On the personalization front, I guess the the way that I'm thinking about how this might work, Sanjay, would be, you know, we have a woman named Susan McGillicuddy. Maybe this is a utilities business or a healthcare business or whatever industry it is. And Susan is, I don't know, $5,000 in debt. And maybe we know some information about her income. Maybe we know some information about her past payments. Maybe we know some information about what she bought. In other words, what is the product or service that has her in this kind of debt in the first place? And by having that information, we're able to kind of programmatically determine, based on clusters of people similar to Susan McGillicuddy, here might be the amount that we should ask for for an initial payment. Or here might be the cadence of email versus phone that we want to use to be able to, or or the kinds of subject lines maybe we want to use in our our emails that maybe Susan would be more likely to respond to. Is it it factors along those lines? I mentioned a couple, Sanjay, but I really want to Maybe it's probably different for every industry, but 
you know, what product did they buy? How in debt are they? Do we know information about how much money they make and things like that? What, what are the various factors that help feed personalization and make it more effective than a kind of broad blanket approach? Right. So I think this is the information what kind of purchases were done. It's a credit card industry. If it is uh, healthcare, then, you know, uh, what kind of uh, disease it was or what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of therapy or medication was being being provided. So that uh, level of information is taken, plus the demographic information, which include, you know, the location and uh, zip codes, uh, for example. And then, uh, you know, the personalization is done. Got it. Okay, so yeah, that helps maybe understand some of the parameters through which personalization happens. And as you mentioned, some of those personalization parameters might tie to categories. You know, we might have age brackets that are categories. We might have, who knows, maybe it's zip codes, you know, whatever whatever honestly ties people together. Like you said, we, we don't have to come up with a completely new message for every person. Sometimes we simply need to match them to the category that we believe they're in and then run a campaign that works for them. So AI, I guess, can do that categorization and then can also kick out the appropriate campaign. I think you mentioned off microphone, it's not just about knowing the insights, it's about taking that next step or that next action. Is it safe to say that AI can play a role in both? Uh, so I think the other topic that I want to touch upon is the categorization. Uh, I think there are three main characteristics which are very important at the right. top level, which is uh, the amount which is outstanding and that needs to be categorized into low balance, medium balance and high balance because obviously all high balance is important. The second is the age of the debt, which is uh, low age, maybe just 30 days old or something which is 180 days old versus something which is maybe more than a year old. Obviously, when the age of the debt is less, uh, it's more collectible and you know the older debt is less collect- collectible. And third is about uh, the propensity itself as to what's the propensity based on all these uh, parameters. So a combination of the edge of the debt, balance amount, and what the AI is telling in terms of the propensity of payment. So these three factors need, uh, uh, all the accounts need to be categorized based on a matrix of these three uh, categories. And then individualized uh, or category-based strategy of contact in terms of whether email is better, how many uh, contracts by email, how many contracts by calling, because calling is most expensive uh, in a way, because you need human agents to uh, place those calls. And you want to, you have limited capacity, so you want to optimize that capacity. So that becomes important to categorize uh, these into proper buckets. And that, again, you have to study the collection ratios in each of these categories in the past, and then optimize the strategy accordingly. Got it. So those, it sounds like those factors that you just mentioned are some of the big, consistent, important ones. Is, is that right? Is it, should we sort of accurately presume that, you know, you mentioned the cadence and the amount of contact. You, you also mentioned, you know, the, the size of the debt. You also mentioned the age here. It, it sounds like there's probably a common set of factors that are pretty similar across all industries. Is that safe to say? Uh, yes, but uh, th- that is true. But depending on, uh, you know, which customer that you're dealing with, some of them might be dealing with, uh, you know, the, the 0 to 180 days, uh, that kind of bucket. Some of them are uh, debt buyers. So they might have debt which is aging year or older. So depending on uh, the portfolio that 
a customer is debt collection agency is dealing with uh, you know the behaviors change and then the strategies uh, and the collection ratios are different or they can become much lower if it is older debt and then accordingly you know you need to find the new strategies yeah and i can well i can imagine too and tell me if i'm wrong the regulatory situation is different in different industries as well is that right are are people in healthcare maybe barred from doing certain kinds of follow up or you know kind of debt marketing debt targeting approaches than people in utilities or people in the credit card world are there are there differences in terms of the law as well there so of course uh, there is uh, all encompassing law which is the consumer debt protection uh, act and uh, there are fair debt collection practices act uh, it is called so that cover, uh, governs all the consumer debt in addition to that healthcare has specific the laws which uh, govern the privacy aspect uh, also on top of this and uh, sometimes uh, in the healthcare the debt has to be collected not only from the patient or an individual but also from the insurance uh, company also so uh, there are those kind of uh, you know variations that uh, occur depending on the industry that you are dealing with got it okay makes sense to me and yeah I, i like you said the personalization of the collection approach the adjustment of the collection approach is going to vary depending on the company and i guess maybe that ties us to you know one of these three bullet points you know personalization optimization categorization which is optimization you know when when you were talking about well our approach might vary it dawned on me pretty clearly that it would vary depending on what we're optimizing for it seems like there might be companies where okay we want to optimize for how much we can collect before the end of the year you know or before we have to make our earnings call you know at the end of the quarter uh we want to optimize for you know some balance between revenue and call center expenses you know there's going to be like some teeter totter of what we're optimizing for talk a little bit about what business is optimized for because i can imagine the goals of different businesses the goals of different collections operations maybe in different seasons maybe for different products or different businesses might be different what are we optimizing for there and how can ai help us with that process of optimizing yeah the, uh, the optimization goals then as you said can vary from uh, any company to company and business to business uh, what we have come across mostly is uh, with respect to the call center expenses so that is uh, because that's the most uh, important resource and also the costliest resource that uh, company has it at its uh, disposal but they don't have unlimited uh, calling capacity also uh, so as a result uh, what are call calling capacity that they have how best to optimize it by deciding the frequency of calls depending on the category of customers that you have for example the customers who have very high propensity to pay and their age of their debt is also less so they are more likely to pay you back so maybe you don't need to make any calls or you may need to make only minimum number of calls and you may still collect similarly those category of customers where the propensity of paying back is very low and the edge of the debt is also very very high then you know even if you made a lot of attempts it's going to be difficult to collect so there again you can minimize the number of efforts so the population which lies in between these two categories is where the focus needs to be because they are the, along the boundary of either payment or non payment so they need the proper nudge and they all most of your calling effort should be directed at this uh, population 
and that can be a curve uh, along the uh, time you know age of the debt so 0 to 30 days versus uh, let's say 180 day so you know as you go along the time curve the propensity to pay uh, as well as the collection efforts become more so you you need to optimize for the you know the calling capacity that you uh, that you have that's generally the most important uh, parameter and that saves the cost as well as increases the yield for the business okay got it yeah th- this makes sense so it sounds like what, what you're saying is the primary optimization here is how to use our most you know among our most limited human resources here in the collection space which is human beings who can get on the phone so how do we optimize their use to actually have the highest yield per phone call and as you're mentioning, often that's going to be targeting folks with a high propensity to pay, who have a very a very young debt, relatively speaking, not an old debt, relatively speaking, um, and finding ways to kind of match those people to the call center agents. Where does AI find its fit there? Is, is I don't exactly know what the user experience is because I've never worked in a call center call room, so I've never had a dashboard in front of me and made phone calls to collect on debt. But I would imagine the way that this would operate is – the AI would serve the role of helping to score and sort the contacts. And then those contacts would be fed in terms of next in line for our, you know, rolling dials. Those, those contacts would be fed to, you know, our, our call center folks, maybe in that priority order that the AI had ranked based on whatever features and factors we wanted to optimize for, such as debt age, propensity to buy, et cetera, et cetera. Is that where this happens? It, it happens in terms of the priority order of the rolling dials of the call center agents, or, or where does the AI actually affect a workflow? No, so, so Dan, you're right. Uh, you uh, described it uh, correctly. So what happens is that the call centers, they have pretty sophisticated dialing systems. They are called as uh, automated dialers. They also have uh, manual dialers. Sometimes uh, it depends on the regulatory uh, landscape. And what they need is, uh, so what we do is once a propensity is uh, is done and every account is ranked in the order of propensity, then we, so that that becomes your AI or the predictive output, but we translate that to an execution strategy. So what we do is for every account, we prescribe the number of calls, so the number of contacts by each of the channel that they should do. And we provide that as an output through REST API or through just a batch-based file upload, which they upload, uh, which the contact center uploads into their uh, predictive dialer system. And after that, uh, the dialer system takes care of, you know, redistributing those to their agents in terms of the priority that we have described, as well as the number of calls that we have described for every account. So they just execute that as per, uh, you know, as per what we have described. Got it. Okay, cool. So that that's the actual impact of what, like, you know, the question from my side here is what does optimization look like for the end user? And it sounds like I wasn't too far off term, in terms of that initial description. So cool. So I think take home lessons here for people who are tuned in, personalization, optimization, categorization are three broad capabilities of AI. And Sanjay, I appreciate you being able to put some color on what those actually look like in the real world and, and how this stuff is affecting the collections ecosystem. So last question I'll ask you as we start to wrap up here, you know, if there are people who are thinking about applying artificial intelligence for these kinds of collections capabilities, you know, applying AI here certainly can make a difference, but also it's potentially not, you know, child's play. It's not exactly easy. What kind of practical advice would you have for leaders that are considering this kind of technology? 
I think today, uh, I think every leader uh, needs to adopt AI and they need to look at uh, their data and you know what kind of uh, benchmarks that they have in terms of the yields or the collection ratios that they are uh, able to get. Look at the industry benchmarks, so whether they're lagging behind and look at the industry leaders where who, are, who have already adopted AI and uh, you know, who are outperforming uh, them. Many uh, end customers actually publish uh, you know, details of which agency is performing, how well in terms of the collection ratios. And I think this is, if they're not adopted AI already, then I think it's never too late. I think this is the right time to uh, go for AI, especially after COVID impact where the data behavior has been changing. It's getting regionalized depending on how COVID has impacted uh, and the number the type of lockdowns that different regions have had. So, so, so get started with, uh, you know, uh, application of AI in collections. Uh, the ROI is very, very measurable. We are able to show, demonstrate ROIs in the range of anywhere between 20 to 25% or even 30% yield increase same month last year versus this year. So, you know, the program really pays for itself. Got it. Well, I, and, and I, I have no dog in the fight in terms of being a vendor here, so I can't you know, advocate to necessarily dive in. But I, it is clear to me that there's a lot of natural fit for AI here. And I think that your advice of taking a look at the state of your data and kind of, you know, getting an understanding of where that is might, might also be a good practical step for folks that are getting started with this. And I think for any of you who are listening in, as we wrap up here, I think there's a lot of transferable ideas that Sanjay gave us that can apply to other spaces. If you think about a sales organization, you also want your salespeople spending their time on the phone with the people with the highest propensity to buy. If you are you know, sending out marketing messages, you also want to customize those potentially by category. So there's a lot of correlative use cases for this really interesting space of collections that I think have a lot of transferable lessons. So hopefully this has opened up some of your eyes as our listeners, or ears rather. And Sanjay, I appreciate you being able to take the time and share some of your insights. So thank you so much for being able to join us in the AI and Business Podcast. My pleasure, Dan. Thank you. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. A big thank you to Sanjay for joining us on this episode. And thank you to you, our listener, for listening all the way through to the end. I always appreciate it when people listen to the end of our episodes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, you might also enjoy our AI and Financial Services Podcast. We have a whole nother show every month uh, focused on specific AI use cases and trends in financial services banking, insurance, wealth management, credit cards, all of those spaces are covered. And every month we come out with new episodes that cover trends and use cases in that space. In fact, the AI and Financial Services podcast is where we've had our last episode about collections. The only other episode we ever did about collections was in the AI and Financial Services podcast because we're focused on uh, broadly kind of financial functions writ large and collections almost always kind of gets bundled under there. So if you're interested in more use cases, then be sure to check out that show. You can go on Apple Podcasts or you can go on Google Podcasts or Spotify, SoundCloud, doesn't matter. Type in the AI and Financial Services Podcast. Make sure to be subscribed there as well. I appreciate you as a listener for AI and Business, and I hope to get to have you as a listener on the AI and Financial Services show as well. So that's all for this episode. I look forward to catching you in the next one here on the AI and Business Podcast. <laughs>